Good morning, family and friends of the Good Hope Church. To the angel of the house, Pastor D.Z. Cofield and First Lady, all those who make up this great fellowship. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us all rejoice and be glad. And then I'm Pastor Ray Brown of the Resurrection Church in San Antonio, Texas. If you're ever that way, uh, come and visit us. You can catch us online, Resurrection Church. Uh, we have two campuses, one in Shirts and then one in the San Antonio vicinity. We are just grateful today to celebrate with you your 149th anniversary. To God be the glory for all the great things he has done. Listen, we're not going to be long. And so I want you to turn your Bible with me to Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. I want to read verses 1 through 4 until you're hearing Isaiah chapter 61. Beginning at verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God was upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations." I'm going to tag this text today with this thought. The year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor. Periodically, God will provoke a prophet to proclaim a pronouncement that appears out of sync with the times in which they travel. God will nudge a Noah to proclaim it's going to rain in a place and space where rain has never been seen in any significant amount. God will move a Moses to leave a misty mountain on the backside of Midian and return to the imperial palaces of Pharaoh and seemingly ask an outrageous or give an outrageous command to let my people go. God will prompt a Joshua to organize a marching processional of praise around the fortified walls of the city of Jericho, instructing them that when they shout on the seventh go-round, the walls will come tumbling down. God will assure a nervous Gideon hiding from his enemies in an underground storage unit to look beyond the numbers, step out on faith, trust God to give the victory and overwhelm those who are threatening to overwhelm him. Periodically, God will provoke a prophet to proclaim a pronouncement that appears out of sync with the times in which they travel. Our text for today is no different because here God provokes the prophet Isaiah to proclaim by providence a pronouncement that appeared out of sync with the times in which he traveled. The prophet Isaiah addresses the people who are living in the irresolvable tension of a time between times. When all the circumstances surrounding them painted a bleak picture of hard times ahead of them and therefore the only news that would be good for them is that things were about to radically change around them. I wish I could get some help right here. 
because in their desperation, the prophet speaks this affirmation that this is the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, despite what has been, notwithstanding what is, the year that is coming will not be Kronos time, but Kairos time. Not just another day, another week, another month, another year. That's Chronos or chronological time, but the coming year will be chirotic in nature, meaning that it will be a time of eternal intervention, divine rescue, and inexplicable favor. So in the meantime, in between time, what has been and what is about to be revealed, they are to hold on to their faith and keep their expectation alive. Can I share this with you real quickly? Because it is this hopeful optimism that prompts the prophet to praise in verse 10 when he says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. Well, how are you able to give God praise in the present predicament? Go to verse 11. He says, for as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Yes, there is suffering now, but trouble don't last always. Yes, it's dark now, but there's a bright side somewhere. Yes, things are dire and desperate and difficult now, but God is able to deliver on time. In fact, whatever God wills, it shall come to pass. You know that. And that no matter how deep your desperation, you have to hold on to the expectation that something favorable is about to happen in your life that you may be captive by a hard time, but I say to you, and I want you to grab this today, that this is the year. Hear me well, good hope. This is the year of the Lord's favor, that like Israel, you may be in exile, separated from those things that are valuable to you. On Maybe some of you are on bad terms with people who are important in your life, a long way from what you planned or what you hoped for, what you prayed about, what you named, claimed, believed, and hoped to receive. But I say to you, hold on just a little while longer. Why? Because this is the year of the Lord's favor. I wonder, is there anybody listening to me today who believes that, who can rejoice over that, who anticipates that, who can shout about that? You ought to type in the comment section that this is the year of the Lord's favor because right now we are entering into a moment where those things that you've been waiting on are about to be fulfilled. Somebody ought to start giving God praise right now. This year, the, the promises that you've been praying over and agonizing about and holding on to hold the possibility of coming into fulfillment, the dream that is very deep in your spirit that you had all but given up on uh, can be realized this year. Because we're moving through a moment of fulfillment. This is the year God is going. Can I prophesy real quickly that God is going to bring you out? This is the year that God is going to bring you over. This is the year that God is going to let you rise and not fall, go over and not under. This is the year God is going to give you back everything the enemy has stolen from you. Somebody ought to just type in there, I want it all back. <laughs> now, I understand that this message appears to be out of touch with the texture, perhaps, of the times in which we are now living. But because everywhere we look, there's doom and gloom and rough moments ahead. But never forget that we serve a God 
who reserves the right uh, to flip the script and, 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 and he reserves uh, the prerogative to change things because nobody but God can take a shepherd's stick and put it in Moses' hands and split the sea like a, a sidewalk. Nobody but God can take a rock and a slingshot and put it in David's hand and conquer a giant. Nobody can uh, do that but God. God can remove the heat out of fiery furnaces and let a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walk out without smoke. Nobody but God could snatch the lion's appetite before Daniel ever got in the lion's den and make them lay down and act like a lamb. God can change things. Somebody ought to just type, yes, he can. God can make you a creator and not just a caretaker. God can make you a voice and not just an echo. God can make you a headlight and not just a tail light. God can make you an owner and not just a renter. He can make you the foreground and not the backdrop. Because when you know God for yourself, you can stand all by yourself. You can set the pace and, and not just follow the trend. You will give and not just receive. You, you'll transform and not just maintain. You'll share and not keep because you know no matter how it looks, God can change things. God is not bound by time. God made time. God is not tempered by polls. He, he's not threatened by popular opinion. God is sovereign. In fact, it is often the will of God to speak a word to us that flows in the exact opposite of our logic and our rationale. God will speak healing to you when your hope is fading. God will speak prosperity in the midst of your poverty. God will speak joy in the heart of your sorrow. God will speak to you about a comeback when you just suffered a setback. God has the power to call those things that are not as though they were and then the ability to turn around and make them be. And what God said they're going to be, that's what's going to be. Somebody ought to just grab that real quickly. I don't have much time, so let me get to my text because, listen, here's what you got to understand. The first thing you ought to expect in accepting the fact that this is the year of the Lord's favor is that here it is. God is going to work on you to provide a blessing through you. Did you hear what I just said? You ought to just write, there's an incredible blessing inside of me. Because the text says, the spirit of the Lord is up on me. Stop right there. That's my endowment. That's my authorization and my authentication. That is what I do. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And let me go a little bit further because he says he's anointed me. That's my empowerment. That is how I do what I do. The word anointed literally means in the Hebrew text rubbed or smeared with the point of being that God's presence, his promise, his power, and his purpose has been rubbed into my spirit and smeared on my soul. God has rubbed into your spirit and smeared into your heart, his anointing and the anointing, the empowerment that is in your life is able to break every yoke of bondage, oppression, frustration, and despair. Don't believe me. Just read Isaiah 10 and 27 for yourself. It says the anointing will break the yoke. This anointing has a fourfold effect on the anointed. It is preparation. It is consecration. It is impartation. It is emancipation. Can I break it down like a fraction? Because once we've been anointed, we are sent with both a calling and a commission to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from prison the prisoner and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm trying to do the best I can with the time I got left, but hear me well. 
That's what we ought to do. That's our assignment that the spirit of God in us is to bring about a liberating healing ministry of deliverance through us. Never forget that Jesus came first to preach the good news to the poor. Now, I know this is not shouting material, but isn't it interesting that if you give to the poor, they call it redistribution of wealth. But if you give to the rich, they call it a bailout. That if you give to the poor, they label it welfare. But if you give to the rich, it's an economic stimulus package. If you give to the poor, they call it socialism. But you, you, we give to the rich, they call it tax cuts and capitalism at its best. But thanks be to God who came to bring good news to the poor, to talk not just about pie in the sky when you die by and by, but something sound on the ground by the pound that can be found while you're still around. Help me, somebody. Hear me well, Jesus came to preach good news to the poor and bring deliverance to the captives. Paul declared in Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And here's why we have been delivered. Or oh, I could labor that point a little bit more. But here's what I want to tell you. Stop letting the enemy hold you captive when God has set you free. Who he who the son sets free is free indeed. God has already thrown your sins behind his back. And what God forgets, you have no right to remember. Jesus has conquered the works of the devil. So don't be surprised when things work in your favor. Listen to me. Well, my friend, you're supposed to win. You are supposed to be victorious. You are supposed to survive. All what we went through, you're supposed to come out on top because God wants to work through us to bring a blessing to those around us. Can I give you one more? God is going to be good to you even if things are bad around you. That's shouting material right there. You ought to type that in the comments section. That's a testimony to the keeping power of God. Because I'm sorry to be the one to bust your bubble, but you didn't survive what you survived last year because you dotted every I and you crossed every T. You didn't survive because you made all the right decisions and, and, and you had such great judgment. You, you made it through uh, 2020 because of the keeping power of almighty God. God kept you when you asked him to. He kept you when you didn't even want to be kept. You are a living, breathing testimony to the keeping, sustaining, transformative power of almighty God. God does not require things to be good around you in order for God to be good to you. God is good even though there are layoffs and cutbacks. God is good even in the midst of foreclosures. Uh, God is good even with food shortages and empty grocery shelves. God is good despite the natural catastrophes all around us, the uncertainty in the world, all the ups and downs of the stock market, the uncertainty of the financial market. God is good when money is tight, the job market is in decline, and the paranoia and anxiety is on every hand. God God is good all the time in all spaces, in all places. In, uh, listen, God is good. And you asking me, Pastor, how is his goodness experienced and expressed? Answers right there in the text. He says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. That imagery may not make sense to you, but the context is one of weeping, loss, and mourning. The ancient Hebrews, whenever they would go through loss, they would take ashes and put it around their head. That was a way of forming a crown on their head. The prophet shows up in the midst of their loss when the ashes seem appropriate and say, God is about to flip your script. 
God is about to give you a crown of beauty in place of those ashes. He's about to alleviate your distress. God promises to turn our sorrow into joy. Listen, let me give you this one for free. Everybody's struggling with something. But you got to make a choice that you could either walk and around in self-pity or you can hear the word of the Lord that says now is not the time to display your sadness. Now is your moment to wear your joy. Now is the time to walk in the expectation of what God is about to do. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes, but secondly, I'm going to give you the oil of gladness instead of mourning. <laughs> Let me talk about that for just a quick minute. The oil of gladness in the text was what they poured on one's head when they were about to celebrate. During warm moments of grief, this oil was always laid to the side. And we've got to get this, hear me well, because the teaching of the text is that the moment that, that is about to be manifest in your life and mine is one of mourning, but it will be a celebration. That God not only supports us in sorrow, but God is able to transform them into songs of praise. And it is this holy ability to rejoice in the midst of ruin, to shout uh, in sorrow and to praise in pain. That is our true testimony as a child of God. He says, I'm going to give you the oil of gladness. And then thirdly, I'm going to give you the garment of praise. I'm almost through. The garment of praise was what they worn, was what they wore on days of thanksgiving. The prophet is teaching us that those who trust God, that we are to give God praise, even when the circumstances don't support it. We know all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to according to his purpose. How God is going to work it out is none of my business. That God is going to work it out is my source of praise. Can I encourage you real quick? Don't focus on your problem. Focus on the problem solver. Don't focus on what you don't have and, 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 and what you have lost. Look at what you got left. They might have taken that, but you still got this. I lost that, but I still got this. Don't focus on your burden, but count your blessings and then give God praise. We all went through some stuff in 2020. Some of what we went through may have you wondering, what shall I give God praise for? I'm going to answer it for you real quick, and I'm going to let you go. You ought to praise him for expectation. Because if you were at the bottom, there's only one way up. <laughs> you ought to praise him for delivering you in the past. You ought to praise him for providing for you in the present. You ought to praise him for already planning to take care of you in the future. You ought to praise God in spite of and not just because of. Because it's praise that prepares you for your promotion. That before you can ever, before there can ever be any spiritual elevation, there has to be spiritual elimination. Eliminate your doubt. Eliminate your fears. Eliminate your insecurity and give God praise because praise acknowledges who God is and what God has done. Listen, every time I praise God, there's a story behind my praise. And if you understood my story, you would understand my praise. I'm in an empty building, but I can still give him praise. I got to praise him in a ridiculous way because he's brought me through so many ridiculous things. Every time I wave my hand, that's something God did for me. Every time I I shout hallelujah. That's something God did for me. Every time I say thank you, that's a story. Every time I shed a tear, that's a story. There's something, that's something God did for me. And every time I think about it, I've got to give him praise. I've got to move on. i got to go now. But you should expect that God is going to work on you to bring a blessing 
through you. You should expect that God is going to be good to you, even though things may be around for you. You should expect that God is going to use your influence to make an impact. I'm done. I'm through. But notice that this text shifts from the prophet, what he will do, to the impact of his influence. His language shifts from what he's anointed to, to do to the effect that's going to take place in those whom he ministers. Because the text says they shall be called oaks of righteousness. They shall be called a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will reveal the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And the implication is simply this, that as you are faithful, your anointing is going to impact somebody else. See, the anointing that's on my life is going to bless your life. And hear me when I say that because of your anointing, somebody else is going to be blessed. Yes, sir. They get a new identification. That's what the text says, because they're going to be called the oaks of righteousness. They get a new occupation because they're going to rebuild, renew, and restore. That means you have faith, they get favor. That means because you have hope, they get healed. Because you are committed, they become courageous. Because you prayed, they're going to prosper. Y'all don't hear me. Because you served, they're going to succeed. Because you rejoiced, <laughs> they're going to be restored. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. I'm through. I'm finished. That's my whole word. It's the year for you of the Lord's favor. But let me let you have this before I let you go. Because not long ago, I turned on my computer only to discover that I had lost all of my files. All of my files disappeared. Thousands of sermons and songs and you name it, it was gone. I turned it on. I had just had it repaired and uh, after a recent crash. And so I assumed I had backed up all my files in the cloud. And sure enough, some of them were backed up, but not everything. And I started to panic. But then I remembered that before I let my computer get fixed, I had taken out a USB drive and inserted it into my computer and created a recovery file. And because the recovery disk is basically, if you know anything about recovery disks or files, it's basically a digital snapshot of your entire hard drive. Yeah. It reflects a moment in time when things were working like they were supposed to work and, and functioning like they were supposed to function. Uh, the operating system was intact and the memory was just right, but the key to a recovery disk is that you have to, here it is, you got to make it before you need it so that when you need it, you'll already have it. Y'all not hearing me. But when my computer refused to pull up my files, I plugged in my USB drive into my computer, turned it on, and all of a sudden the computer asked me a question that made me throw up both of my hands. Not only did my files come back, but it, it asked me a question and I wanted to shout right where I was because the question that came on my screen was, do you want to recover it all? Y'all ain't hearing me. I got to go. I, I, my, my time is up, but my brothers and sisters, here's the hope that you have right now, that this is not only the year of the Lord's favor, you shall recover it all. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Ah, I wonder, can I get a witness out there that knows the Lord will make a way somehow 
Give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put some claps in the chat room. Put some hearts up. Let's thank God for Pastor Ray Brown. Is this going to be your year? Is this going to be the year of the Lord in your life, the year that you see God do something different in your life? You know, I heard somebody say not too long ago, that's just the way I am. And here's what I have come to realize. If that's just the way you are, then that's why you're getting what you've been getting. If you want something different, then guess what? You've got to become something different. You can't do what you've always done the way you've always done it and somehow expect different results. You're going to have to make a change in your life. And I don't know how many of you are preparing to receive what God has for you, but here's what I want you to know. If you are not receiving all that God has for you, the fault is not with God. You've got to make sure you're ready and prepared, that you're ready to make the shift, the change that you need to make in both your attitudes, your actions, and sometimes your associates in order to position yourself so that God can bless you in an abundant and favorable way. Thank you, Pastor Brown, for allowing the Lord to use you on today uh, to encourage us, not just as a church family, but individually, because you know the church is not the building, right? This is just where the church meets. If this building burned down and we decided we were going to meet in the park, guess what? That's where the Good Hope Church would be. And so I want to thank you, Good Hope. Now, let me thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, last year was a year like no other. Um, we went through some very, very challenging times, and I want to thank you as a church family uh, because you stayed with me. We, we erred on the side of abundance of caution. Um, we didn't meet except for a couple of times in terms of parking lot praise. Uh, we're doing that uh, for our church anniversary. We're going to do it next week for Easter. Uh, we'll still be streaming as well, uh, presenting our church offering on the digital platform, I Hope Church. Uh, but last year was, was a challenging year. We lost two members to COVID-19, and we probably had 30 to 50 members and family members of members who have contracted the virus but were able to recover. Uh, but it's been a challenging year. Uh, I want to encourage you to get your vaccine. I told you earlier today, Wednesday, March the 31st, as this Wednesday, we will be offering the vaccine here on our campus at the Good Hope Church from 3 p.m to 7 p.m., from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. We have 240 vaccines. You have to go to our website to register. There's a special invite that is available, and it will take you right to our site and take you right here to our campus, all right? So we're going to be offering that on Wednesday, and if the slots are filled, we will be talking to our partner about expanding the number of vaccines. This is not a drive-through event. This is not a mass event. Matter of fact, we were specifically told that we want to target the zip codes that you target, Pastor. We want to work with you to get it specifically to the black and brown community, those of us who are not getting vaccines. And I want to encourage you to get your vaccine. I've already gotten mine. 
This is going to be the Moderna vaccine. I don't care what vaccine it is. Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, man, get your vaccine. Um, I talked to a pastor this week, and one of the things he said to me was, he said, Pastor, I plan on opening back up in August or September, but I'm going to be like the cruise ships. I'm going to require people to have a vaccine before they come back to church. And some of you may think, you know, that's outlandish. Why would you require a vaccine? Well, I understand that pastor's position, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not far behind them because we don't want to create super spreader events, especially in our community where we disproportionately suffer from not just contracting the virus, but dying from the virus, right? We're contracting it more than anybody else, and we're dying from it more than any other race. So please, ma'am, please, sir, pray about it if you need to pray about it. Uh, I don't even have to pray about it. I got my measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. You know, my kids, my grandkids, they get their vaccines before they go back to school. Um, so I'm not even questioning it. I'm, I'm getting the vaccine because I know more people have died from not getting the vaccine than have died from getting the vaccine. So I'm going to make sure that I'm ready to go. All right. So please, man, please, sir. Now, you have an opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. There are six ways that you can worship the Lord here at the Good Hope Church online on the digital platform. Uh, everything from Apple Pay to Cash App to GiveLify to PayPal, it, it's on there. Push Pay, it's all on there. So wherever you're registered, I want to thank our young adults, our millennials, our Gen Zers who challenged me. Some of them got a little upset. They said, Pastor, you know, we want to worship the Lord in giving. You know, can you put this on there? We took care of it, all right? So I want to encourage you to do it. And then I also want to thank you for your sacrificial gift above your regular giving in celebration of our church anniversary. I told you earlier, I want to go from 500,000 pounds a year to 5 million pounds a year. What is that going to take? It's going to take volunteers. It's going to take space. We're looking at building a new building, and it's going to take money. Now, listen to me carefully. We're not going to build a building for us to come and worship once a week or twice a week. I'm not mad at somebody who is. I want y'all to hear me. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about me. I'm just saying what I'm saying, right? For us, my commitment is what can we do to impact the world around us, to impact our community, to show our community the love of God in action. We've got a youth intervention program that we'll be launching Come the first of the school year in August, uh, we'll continue to press as the Houston Independent School District is looking for a new superintendent. We congratulate Dr. Granita Lathan on her new appointment to the head of the Springfield, Missouri School District. But you know what? We got to keep moving and got to keep working and keep pressing here. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Good hope. And, and I got to tell you, those of you I haven't seen, man, some of you I haven't seen in a year. Man, I miss y'all. I really, really do. I miss you so much. And we're working really, really hard with our health and wellness team, our church COVID task force, to figure out when is the safest and best way for us to come back together, even if we come back and we're physically distancing. So just keep us in your prayers, all right? Again, thank Pastor Ray Brown for coming and sharing with us. Man, I want to thank you for allowing God to speak to you today. And may we make a commitment to go higher in the Lord. Now, remember, God is doing something wonderful in you 
God is doing something wonderful in me. Do you know you're part of this 149th church anniversary? Because you are part of the history of this church. Over the last year, y'all, we made history. Man, you, you think Father Grantham in 1872 could even imagine that we would be on a digital platform when he started meeting with that core group of members who started this church in a brush arbor? Do you think A.A. A. Lucas had any idea, even our late pastor emeritus, Pastor Crawford Kimball, had any idea what God would do? Most people looked at cameras and, and technology as toys to be played with. And COVID-19 showed us that they are not only necessary, they are a necessity if you're going to reach the world for Jesus Christ. All right? Now, to those of you who are watching far and wide, we have people watching in 134 different countries. Would you just drop us an email and let us know where you are? We want to celebrate where you are, and we want to pray for you where you are. And thank you for watching and allowing us the privilege of your time and giving us an opportunity to facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. All right, let's get ready to go. God bless you. God be with you. Good hope. Happy birthday. 149 years, and we're going to keep it rolling. All right, to God be the glory.